You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast. But not just the Locked On Padres podcast, ladies and gentlemen, but also the Locked On Royals podcast. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is also going to be a crossover as he sends me a message delayed to make sure that I plugged his pod first. Go Royals, he said, I am your host with occasionally, sometimes, almost always the most, not really, uh, Javier Reyes. I'm being joined by Rylan Styles of the Lockdown Royals podcast. Rylan, instead of sending me little um, messages in our, in our private chat, talk. Talk, why don't you? What's going on, everybody? Let's go. Locked on Padres, locked on Royals. Where else would you rather be than just uh, hanging out with us talking baseball? Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's right. Even though we skipped right. the intro today. Yeah. On today's episode, the reason I had Riley on, we are essentially locked on constitutionally required. Hmm. What'd you say? Because I begged you to have me on. That's also true. That's also true because Ryan wants to get some material on, but... Constitutionally, re- constitutionally required, if I could get through this intro, this is my worst intro I've ever done, um, required to talk about the Padres' first baseman that Ryland can name. You can name him right now. Eric Hosmer. That's right. He can say the name. Every year that, we've been, that I've been doing this podcast, we have done a crossover of sorts to discuss this man. Last year, it was discussing this how beautiful man was. That's right. I think at the... the and back in 2020, uh, you got YouTube, which, by the way, go subscribe Lockdown Royals on YouTube, Lockdown Padres, we're free and available on all platforms. Um, that the first the roast of the Padres' first baseman. And part one, I was talking with a good friend of mine about why he became a Royals fan and talked about him. And then we talked about his kind of worst moments, best moments. And we talked about albatross contracts and stuff. But now it's going to be. Talk, fun to talk about the former Royal because Padres, he's having a pretty good season. He's having a pretty good season, Rylan. What have you sort of made of the Padres' first baseman, the ground ball gremlin, Lord first baseman, actually, some might call him right now, of his really hot start to the 2022 season? Hosmer's back. No, I, I think that uh, I think that it's great. Obviously, you'd always rather have your player play good than not play good. I think that that's pretty standard across baseball, obviously. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see how long it lasts. I, I do wonder if the trade rumors, and I mean, then you bring in Luke Voigt, who's a very fun, young first base option. I do wonder if that has helped to cause any for Eric Cosmer to kind of get that spark back for himself. Uh, but you you look at the uh, you look at the numbers here, and his average exit velocity is still 25th percentile. His max exit velocity, though, is in the 93rd percentile. And his hard hit percentage, 68th percentile, you take that all day long. Uh, still low on the barrel percentage, still high on the whiff percentage, still extremely high, 89th percentile in the K percentage, uh, but doesn't really chase that much in general, 18th percentile. Um, but, you know, in general, we want it to sustain just because we're always rooting for these guys to have success. I mean, every player in the world, uh, but I'm not buying in just yet. If we do this again on May 30th and it's still the same, turning the same way, then I think you can buy in. But as of right now, I would just be cautious, cautiously optimistic and, kind of in that stage where you are 
you know, just in a wait and see approach. You don't want to go too far one way or the other. But the biggest issue to me that I feel will hurt him is the launch angle, which has been his entire career. Obviously, uh, you know, in 2022, it's 4.5 this year, which is which is, you know, of course, good for him specifically. But he's had years where it's been up at six and up at 8.7. You, know, you, you would you'd want to see that climate for that. If the launch angle is just astronomically high by his standards, then I'd buy into more of a idea that he has overcome something. But I just still worry about the launch angle uh, for Eric Cosmer in the long run, especially in the in the modern era. Yeah, in the modern era. And and look at you, some stats. You're Mr. The last time you were on this podcast, you had the ultimate spin zone of all takes on Salvador Perez, yelling at people, saying the called strikes and the pitch framing. You said, oh, he's got pitch, I still stand by pitch framing is cheating. <laughs> it's still my favorite take that I've heard on anybody on this network in years. But to kind of talk to your point, yeah, basically one of the issues with him, for those who don't know, launch angle, just kind of whether or not you're putting the ball in the air, how are you swinging the bat, and usually the higher the launch angle is better. The launch angle revolution leading to more fly balls, and with more fly balls, technically speaking, uh, leads to more home runs, more power, more slugging percentage, all of that sort of stuff, extra base hits. And this year, four and a half. Last year was 3.3, which is abysmal. Let's be very clear. In the launch angle revolution, the Padres first baseman has instead decided to basically hit the ball pretty hard, barrel it up, have a pretty decent swing, but always knocking into the ball. You will get ground balls from this man that you didn't think were possible. Like when you watch a player, like how trying to put the ball on the ground. And of course, ground balls, less likely to get past the infielders, less hits. You all know this, right? The best year he had was in 2021. It was an 8.7, which is what everybody freaked out. He played about 38 games that season, but he genuinely in those 38 games was very productive as a power kind of stroke first baseman, right? That was really exciting. And this year, his fly ball rate is also really low, 7.8% compared to a 59.4% ground ball rate. It went down by 0.6% due to uh, Sunday's game, but nonetheless, uh, he's just been showing a lot of the same. What I will say is what you attested to at the beginning, which is, Rylan, I'm going to say it. <clears throat> I'm going to say it right now. Did bullying work? It might have worked in the case of the Padres. Bullying might. This has been a take that I think a lot of people have been too scared to say. You know, a lot of and people you know that whenever we get together, we're not scared of any take, including pitch framing is cheating. Yeah, exactly. It absolutely is cheating. If you, you can be a coward and not want to admit it, but if you're going to bag on the Astros, my Astros, then you have to bag on pitch framing. <laughs> it's. It's very, you know, well, the pitch framing stat is another story entirely. But with Padres, dude, he's just kind of, it's, this has been a long time coming, right? And through this season so far, his war is above one, which is literally higher than all three seasons uh, combined that he's played for the Padres. Or four, I believe it is right now. So 2018, 2019, 2020. So four seasons uh, previously. He's, he's had like accumulation of 0.5, which is atrocious, of course, especially for how much money he's getting paid. Um. But and, and also, by the way, that th this isn't a stagnant, like it doesn't climb on top. It could go backwards and whatnot. This still is, like you said, very early in the season. But <clears throat> it is true that you bring in Luke Voigt. You have a guy like Jake Cronoth who could play first base if he wanted to. You have all these other players that if 
anything changed, they can maneuver around. It's not like they don't have people that can play first base. And if Cronenworth moves, they have guys that can play second base. Even Jerickson Profar can play some second base. Probably not his top position right now, but he could do that. You have C.J. Abrams that could potentially move around. Hassan Kim, who's had a really good start to the season so far. There is more pressure. And he's even mentioned it on Twitter how people are being, like he in some interview talking about how, oh, they'll, they'll slander him on Twitter and stuff. It's become a media thing and all that. But, Rylan, before we dive a little bit deeper into that, and then before I talk to you about your Royals and another guy who's been, you know, hyped up, because you guys have a knack for churning out a superstar prospect, I think. Pirates first baseman used to be for the for the Kansas City Royals, a really top-level prospect. But uh, Will Myers yeah. used to be. Yeah, Will Myers. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Top prospects is kind of a thing for both of our teams, even if they haven't aired and whatnot, guys. And speaking of air, you know what's in the air right now? Spring! That's right. It's springtime. It's a time of renewal and growth, almost like Padres First Baseman, guys. Personally and professionally, as your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That is a lot of people around, then you can add your job and the purple hiring frame uh, hashtag to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And now, LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? I'm giving you a lot of stats. That's what the, surprisingly, for our meeting today between us two, a lot of stats for you guys. And I've got an offer for you guys right now. If you post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB, not if, that you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Guys, go check that out. Really cool stuff. And of course, one more thing to talk about really quickly. You know, maybe you want to put a bet on the man to win MVP. Maybe you want to put a bet on Manny Machado to win National League MVP. You certainly should have if you listened to my chat with Colby Olsen from the preseason. He told you, man, the odds on him are pretty good. And the place with all the odds, guys, is betonline.net. Find all the latest, latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Rylan, my man. My man, my man, let's continue talking about this man for just a little bit longer, because I think that on the note of just, just to conclude, right, with all that have happened in the offseason, becoming one of the more maligned Padres probably in, in a long time that I can really think of. You could argue maybe Kashner was up there just because, not even maligned though, because he didn't you know, live up to expectations. Will Myers... If he was the only guy on the team, maybe he would become more maligned. But he was also there from the beginning of all this. He, at the time, was the big contract guy. So he hasn't been necessarily as maligned. But with all the slander on Twitter, 
with people resharing, if you literally type in his name and defensive highlights, it, you one of the first things that pops up is a video just called his name and then is the worst player ever, right? That's what pops up when you type his name on YouTube. That's how bad it's gotten. I think so far what we've learned based on the fact that he's done this a little, he's done this in past seasons before, but a little bit longer now. And like I said, one thing that we have seen is that he hasn't been totally, totally lucky with the ground balls that I've gone, gone through this year. Bullying works. It's confirmed. Bullying works. And I think we need to do it more. So, Rylan, I want you just, I want you to say something mean about the man. And I think we should say something mean about Bobby Witt Jr. to hopefully get him going right? For the Kansas City Royals and whatnot. Maybe Salvador Perez, maybe more importantly, Whit Merrifield, right? He might be a guy you might want to flip in the line. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Royals really quickly and what's going on with them, a team that is in rebuild mode and has got some prospects and whatnot. You're smiling and whatnot. Let me hear it. What do you got for me? Well, first of all, he who should not be named has improved his stock because if you do YouTube, Eric Cosper defensive highlights, as I just really? you were talking, it is... Eric Hosmer saving errors, Eric Hosmer 2020 highlights, and then Eric Hosmer is the worst player in baseball. <laughs> so he has improved the stock a little bit, uh, but not much. Uh, number one, how dare you ever suggest to bully Bobby Witt Jr.? <laughs> Don't ever do that in your life again. <laughs> number two, I will give you a pass to bully Witt Merrifield because he sucks and he's the worst player in baseball. He's awful. Uh, he's going to turn into this version of Eric Hosmer pretty soon because he's regressed defensively. And mm -hmm. Can't hit the ball to save his life. And the Royals missed the boat on trading him as they missed the boat on trading Hosmer and Lorenzo Cain yes. and Matt Moustakis, the last core that they had. Uh, the Royals are in a bad spot right now. A very, very bad spot because it looks like this rebuild's a failure. I mean, you said we're in a rebuilder now. It's been six years of rebuilds. It's been drafting college pitcher after college pitcher after college pitcher, and they all suck. So it's not great. I mean, it, it seems like everything you've built to this point is crumbling down besides Bobby Witt Jr. who had struggled to start his career, but he's on a, a long hitting streak right now and, and is turning it around a bit and improving those numbers. They just look so bad because of the first few, uh, you know, games of his career, uh, but he is playing a lot better and he's played elite level defense uh, so far in his career. So that's been awesome. Uh, but yeah, the Whitmerfield thing is incredibly frustrating. And it's not just a one year thing. Uh, this goes back to last year as well for him. Uh, and they, it seems like they missed the boat on flipping him for a very good package. Yeah, I, that is a good point. Now, I will say in defense of the Royals that I do appreciate that they didn't do because they did get a World Series out of it. And I know we've talked about this before, that that excuses them a lot, maybe un, a little bit too much excuses them. But in fairness, there are a lot of teams in baseball that they get to that point where the Royals are at and then they sell off and then they kind of use it as an excuse almost. The, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Cleveland Guardians, where it's like at least the Royals won. We're kind of seeing this in the NBA right now where the LA Lakers, right? I know you cover the NBA. Go check out Locked on Thunder. Everybody does a great job. You know, everyone's roasting the crap out of the Lakers, deservedly. But in fairness, they did get a title, right? And that's a lot more than your Utah Jazz, than your Houston Rockets, and all these teams that we claim are run really well, but they never won the big, the big tamale, right? They never won at all. But it is true that with the Royals, I think that with guys like Whit Merrifield especially, right? Because this is after the World Series. This is a guy who was speed, good defense, scores a lot of runs, which I know isn't the most advanced thing in the world. And most importantly, just like he's part of this rebuilding team. I did not understand for a second why they didn't trade him. Salvador Perez, 
okay, I get it. You want to maybe make him the one guy you keep. You want to have him be kind of the face of the franchise for a little bit. Okay. But Whit Merrifield, I did not understand that for a second. This isn't a guy that's ever going to really hit for power. The most home runs he hit was, what, maybe 2015 or like 20 to 15 to 20. Uh, but years ago, his power is gone. All he has left is speed. This guy might just be a an Adalberto Mondesi without, you know what I'm saying, like a speed-only type at this point. Uh, I really think that they dropped the ball on that. But granted, um, hopefully they can kind of turn it around with that. MJ Melendez, I believe, has been called up. That should be pretty exciting. But I think that the Royals are a good test case for as much as Padres fans like to complain about what AJ Preller has done, which he does deserve some criticism for the moves he's made. There are also other teams where they show you the downside of constantly churning and rebuilding instead of going for it, right? Because the Royals, yeah, they got Bobby Witt, they got Salvi, got some a little a couple other little pieces. But another thing is like I can't name one starter for the Royals right now. So and that's all yeah. that they've drafted this entire rebuild process, besides Bobby Witt Jr. and of course they've acquired other players. But yeah, the, the thing is Bobby Witt Jr. is on a ten game hitting streak right now, and he's playing elite defense in his you know career. Uh, is turning around to where what we more thought it was going to be. I mean, it's still silly to say that after 20 games, but you know, he he's getting a swing back at the play and he never looked lost at the play. It was just a matter of, you know, the baseball happening to, to Bobby Witt Jr. But as far as this team goes, you want to keep Bobby Witt Jr. around. You want to keep Soto Perez around past that. You'd love to keep Benatendi around, but he's having a hot year right now and had a hot year last year before the injury. He's in the last year of his contract. What, what incentive does yeah. he have to come back to Kansas city? Uh, there is none uh, really and truly. Other than that, Nicky Lopez plays great defense, elite level defense, but is the hitting going to be sustainable throughout this entire season as it was last year? Michael A. Taylor, elite defense, can't hit the ball to save his life. I mean, do you really want to keep him around? Is he unreplaceable? No. I mean, and you just move around the diamond to where it really just comes back to starting pitching where you draft Brady Singer and you draft Chris Bubich and you draft Daniel Lynch and you draft Asa Lacey and you draft all these arms. Jackson Coar can't see the field. Jackson Coar can't. He's terrible. He's already made it into a reliever, and he can't thrive in that role. Uh, you have Brady Singer get sent down now after having uh, after having a couple of years in the big leagues, and they burned his ability to have the extra year control, because if he ever does turn this around, by the way, in 2020, they called him up on the opening day roster instead of manipulating his service time. So you've burned that bridge. If he does turn around, now you have an even shorter window to capitalize on some of these young arms because you didn't want to manipulate the service time because you want to be a family-run business. And it goes back to your point. The Royals do not run themselves like the Rays and other teams mm -hmm. and that's a bad thing because in a small market like this relative to baseball in terms of not having an owner that can go out and spend big money you're only going to win whenever you have young cheap controllable players and you have to make the right deals to get more of those players and make the right decision at the right time that core hosmer moose escobar kane you know all those guys they were in the best farm system in baseball and the best mm -hmm. farm system in baseball got you two playoff appearances Granted, both World Series trips, that and one World Series win, that's awesome. But two playoff appearances. To be sustainable in a small market, you can't hold on to those guys whenever it's clear they're not going to resign with you or it's clear they don't gel together as a team anymore. And for Whit Merrifield, he's 33 years old. Like people don't realize it because he came up so old. He came up in his age 27 season. He's yeah. 33. I mean, yeah. it, he's declined for two straight years. And at 33, you don't just randomly bounce back from that at some point. So uh, it is frustrating that the Royals didn't trade with Merrifield. And at the time, you know, I understand why they didn't because he's on a really, really, really team-friendly deal. And you thought these young pitchers would work out and you thought that this team would be good. But you go up and down the list of guys who you have been counting on. Would Merrifield regress? 
Alberto Mondesi cannot stay healthy, never has, never will. Hunter Dozier, not good after he gave him that contract uh, a year ago in spring training. Carlos Santana is terrible, right? Salvador Perez, <laughs> really good, and has turned into an MVP color player last year. Uh, but you know, Michael A. Taylor, what does he bring to the table? Pitching staff, you have a 50-year-old Zach Greinke going out there, and he's yeah. fine, but, I mean, that's the that's the lead of your rotation. Brad Keller's been really good this year, but Chris Bubich is terrible. Daniel Lynch has not been good. Carlos Hernandez has been a decent enough fifth starter, but not something you write home about. In the bullpen, Jake Prince has fallen off to where he's not any good uh, this year. Now, granted, he has an injury, and I think that he should be given the time to work through that injury and come back and see where he's at at that point. But again, Brady Singer's not even on this club anymore. He's in Omaha, Nebraska right now uh, as a guy who's been in the big leagues for two years because he can't pitch and he can't find himself. Uh, Asa Lacey, you've heard nothing positive about Asa Lacey since draft day. Whenever he was falling down boards and fell to the Royals, I wonder why he was falling down boards. You've heard nothing positive about him since draft day. It is, it's terrible. And the Royals are in a terrible spot. And Dayton Moore is a terrible, a terrible GM and terrible front office member. I'm sorry to say it, folks. He made the good trade to get Cueto. He made the good trade to get Ben Zobras. That's awesome. What has he done since then besides be a good Christian family man that runs a family operation that bans porn from the clubhouse? That's all well and good. I mean, that's all well and good. The Royals have the most high-class guys in the bigs. You know what they also have? The most losses in the bigs. The most bunch of losers in the bigs. I'm sorry, folks, but I'm not in the business of morality when I'm watching the Royals. I don't want bad guys on the team. I don't want bad guys in baseball in general. But it doesn't make you a bad guy to trade a guy if he's terrible or to trade a guy if he's not going to fit into your future plan. And Dayton Moore thinks, oh, if I trade with Merrifield, that ruins our family chemistry. No, it doesn't. That's just baseball. And let me tell you something. When jerseys are $500 for those Nike City Connect jerseys, it don't matter who you have on your team. No one's buying jerseys for half a thousand dollars. It could say my name on the back of it. You're not paying half a thousand dollars for it. So just who cares about jersey sales and banners and family feeling? You know, I get Salvador Perez. He's still a very productive player and should be here for the rest of his career. But everybody else should always have been expendable, including Lorenzo Cain, including Eric Hosmer, including Mike Moustakas, who no one wanted Moustakas after he was, after he was a free agent. But Lorenzo Cain walks to, back to Milwaukee for nothing. Eric Hosmer goes to, goes to San Diego for nothing. You're telling me you couldn't, get a, you couldn't have gotten one productive guy in a trade for each of those guys? One, instead you get nothing. You get you get an all shucks. Look at Dayton Moore being so family friendly <laughs> that he kept around his core. Ain't that something? Yeah, the race haven't kept a core since 1997. But you know what they do? They go to the playoffs every single year. They go to the World Series. They take they take Brett Phillips, who was best known for his laugh in Kansas City and couldn't get on the field, was a laughing stock, and he's a World Series hero. <laughs> They Just, trade Chris Archer, their face of the franchise. Evan Longoria, face of the franchise. You know what they got back for those guys? Even better players. Even younger and more controllable players. That got them where those two guys didn't. So I'm just so happy do, I let you go. If they two playoff appearances in my entire lifetime, Javi, two. And it ain't like they've been pretty damn close any other time. They've been close in 2013. They were close-ish in 2016. Other than that, they've been terrible for 25 years <laughs> before we let mad dog uh <laughs> off the chain even more ladies and gentlemen let me talk to you about some more family stuff speak business that's rockauto.com <laughs> ladies and gentlemen a family with, business my dad that's run properly 
Run yeah, that, that's right. Thank you. Run very properly. They've been they've been saving time and money for all their customers for twenty years, over twenty years, in fact, guys. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, or even hundred percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump. It's three hundred fifty three dollars from chain stores and only two sixteen from Rock Auto, guys. Like I said, twenty plus years reliably low prices for every customer and they've got everything you could need from tail lamps motor oil, and even new carpet go check out their very easy to use catalog and what have you guys their website's really great for even schmucks like myself that know nothing about cars go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Rylan, let's keep it going. <laughs> so let's keep it going. Oh man, I will only push back on what you said just a tiny bit in with the Rays, just really quickly. I get it. The Rays are run well, and in fairness, there are a lot of teams that try to do what they do. Just um, it's, it's do they ban porn in the Rock Auto warehouse? Is what Rylan's saying. for <laughs> an off-air conversation, <laughs> but okay. Well, you keep putting the up arrows, like, bring it up. <laughs> it's like, bro, I get it. But like, what do you want from me? <laughs> the moment passed. Uh, and speaking of moments passing, with the Royals, like, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. They are very secretly awfully run. I, I do believe that. Like, they are not run uh, well. But I do want to temper the praise of the Rays. I think they're an A organization, not an S tier. I need to see that championship before the Royals are an F tier organization. No, I know a hundred percent. I get that. I'm just saying people often praise the Royals a little bit too much for my liking when I just need to see the world series first. And they're off to a pretty poor start this year, but it is true though, that the Royals, they went all in for a couple of years and say they don't win, say they don't win. Then it looks a lot worse. And we're like, Oh my God. But that all said is what I'm just saying in fairness, in fairness, they did win the world series. Unlike some of these other teams that, Cleveland, right? What Cleveland is worse than what Tampa does. And they went to the World Series and their reaction was, let's just slowly get worse every year. <laughs> that's what literally, that's what Cleveland Guardians have done, right? That's what they did ever since 2016. But anyway, um, do you have any questions for me? The Royals every year. Uh, yeah. Do you have any questions for me now about the Padres and how they've chosen to run their roster, which I imagine compared to the Royals for you, you're probably like, oh my God. I absolutely adore this. What, what do you want to know? I'll tell you. Anything. Well, well, that's the thing. I, I think that it's frustrating because the Royals went all in. They traded away one, one quality MLB player for Johnny Cueto and Brent Zobers to a vital twenty World Series. The only player to make it out of that group was Brandon Finnegan. That right there should have sent an alarm off at the Royals front office. Like, Hey, you know what? These guys aren't that valuable. Like they're valuable at the time because they're young, but Let's say you trade Alberto Mondesi five years ago for some star. What's Mondesi become? Nothing. Yeah. He's never realized that all-star potential. And most of these guys, it's sad, won't. We're hoping Bobby Witt Jr. does, but most of them won't, right? Mm. Brady Singer is supposed to be a front-line a front line starter. He's terrible. He's in Omaha. Chris mm. Bubich was supposed to be the guy. He's terrible. He can't find the strike zone. A lot of these guys aren't going to pan out. So going all in usually doesn't bite you that much. 
right? And sure, there's examples mm-hmm. where the Pirates went all in on Chris Archer on a team that yeah. was going nowhere and and gave away th- you know three quality big league guys. But when you're the Royals and you've sucked so bad and you're clearly terrible at talent evaluation or talent development, either one, how about you go push in those good assets that are viewed as good down the farm and get what is proven to be good MLB players that you just don't have. Before in your it's roster. too late, right? Because yeah. now some of those guys like Singer and whatnot, it's not like their value is up there. The only one that I guess MJ Melendez might be an interesting wild card, but with Wit, and of course, Witt's if you're kind of the only crazy one. one to trade Bobby Witt Jr., you're, you're going to get a lot back. But why would you do yeah. that? But why would you do that? Because he's the uh, the type of prospect. When you get that like top five, top ten prospect, that's like a this guy will be good. The question is just how good. Those outside the top 50 guys, that's for depth and maybe you get lucky, right? And you get yourself a, I don't know, like a Jake Cronenworth, right? Something every now and then that happens with the Padres where someone slips through the cracks. But for the most part, they're not going to. That's, yeah, that's and, and the that problem was the with thing the Royals with right the trades that the Royals did make. They traded mm-hmm. away a, a whole pitching staff worth of guys who were minor league all-stars. And Brendan Finnegan pitched in the College World Series and the MLB World Series in the same season. Uh, you know, They were guys who looked very good. That's why the A's and the Rays, A's and the Reds accepted the trade, but they didn't pan out because it's baseball. It's the most crapshoot of them all. You, you, know, you yeah. talk about the NFL draft being a crapshoot, the NBA draft, it's nothing compared to baseball. I mean, mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield, who's everybody's fan favorite for the last you know, three years, he was drafted in you know like the seventh round or something like that. I mean, it, it, he wasn't he wasn't at ninth round, I should say. I overvalued him ninth round. And didn't make his debut until he was 27 years old. Now, a lot of that was again on the Royals' fault. Like the Royals should have called him up earlier. And and I said that the very at the time I, should, I said that. But nonetheless, realistically, when Mayerfoot's become a two-time All-Star and finished 17th MVP in, MVP in 2018, and the Royals were bad all these years. So, yeah. what was the point in not trading him? Although the counter argument would be, well, who knew that all these pitchers you invested in would just be terrible? And yeah, could not yeah. find could not find the field. Whenever that's been your entire rebuild. And that's why, to close, yeah. the, to close the loop on the Royals, that's why I said to, to start this whole rant that the Royals rebuild has been a failure and is a failure, and it, it starts from ground zero. You've got Bobby Witt Jr., you've got whatever's left of Salvador Perez uh, for his career, and that's it. From there, everyone should be expendable, and you have to find good quality players. Now, San Diego Padres. One of my favorite really teams. I will say, just to end it on with Merrifield, I think you're right that the sweet spot, because like you said, maybe the pitchers after that MVP 17 season, that's in 2018, maybe they're like, let's get, but 2020 was a sweet spot because that's when it really didn't look like that. And he was pretty good that year, if I'm not mistaken, 2020. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a 60-game season, you're buried by the deadline Mm -hmm. and you don't Mm -hmm. trade them, that's tough. Yeah, they should have done it in 2020. 2018, I, I can see. Let's give it one more year. Let's see how these pitching prospects turn out. But after it showed, and then you see heading into 2021 season, I don't know how they didn't do it. And the Padres were rumored. They were one of the rumored teams. I remember 2020 around the trade deadline, a lot of people were like, oh, this could make sense. And the team did need a potential outfielder, a guy that can do some depth for them, but they didn't do it. So, But go on, go on. Let's, let's close this out with some Padres. The, the Padres are one of the more interesting teams in all of baseball, and I love how aggressive that they're being while still having some young guys you love, like Gore and uh, Abrams and everything like that. Is this the year, Javi? Is this the year we finally get what we thought we we're going to get last year? Remember last year, me and you yeah. and everyone in our in our whole entire group chat that has every host on the network of every representing every team in the network. Everyone 
was salivating over the Padres Dodgers matchups. And mm-hmm. we were staying up late and just saying, okay, when do they play next? When do they play next? And listening to y'all yeah. show, getting ready for the game. And Padres fluttered out and the, the, the rivalry fluttered out a little bit after a fantastic. The first time that they played was fantastic. It was must watch oh theater. God, it was incredible. After that, it tampered away yeah. and it became giants Dodgers, you know, and, and that kind of a division. Is this the year for the Padres that they put it all together and, and take that leap? I think the funny thing about the Padres right now is that if they have a lot of times people have said this is a win now team. And I pushed back against that because I think it's true, but to an extent, Manny Machado is still 29 years old. That's not old, old, especially for a guy who is probably, if he keeps going on down this track, a Hall of Famer. And with that type of skill set, it's not like he's, you know, you're Whit Merrifield, these guys that 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 broke out and then 27 years old is when they broke out, right? No, Manny Machado has been awesome since he was like 21, right? So I don't get that part of it. Tatis is still young, although hopefully he stays off motorcycles and whatnot. Then you still got some really top level prospects. Abrams, the fact that he's being called up at 21, yes, I've talked about on the pod that I would have rather they just ran it with Hassan Kim for three months playing shortstop like basically every day until Tatis came back. Bottom line, being called up at 21 years old, that means a lot. So he's got a lot of potential. Mackenzie Gore has been awesome in all this stuff, right? You've got hopefully the first baseman. His salary goes down significantly. They say about $7 million. You're going to lose Will Myers after this year. So that's $27 million right there without making any moves that will clear up. I don't think this is as much of a win right now team as, say, your Royals were once upon a time, right? Like, that I've pushed back against. Is this the year? I don't know. I think part of it is going to depend on how much the Giants are going to regain from last year. Um, I've been on the record saying I don't under. I think people are – it is very rare you go from 107 to below 500. That's crazy to me. Maybe they win 94 games. Bottom line is there's going to be 94 games. That's still a very good team, right? So it depends how much they can match up with them, whether or not the health of the Giants, your Brandon Belts, your Brandon Crawfords, your Evan Longoria's, your Darren Ruffs, all these guys, can they stay healthy? Because they're one of the oldest teams in the majors. I think that, I don't know if this is their year. There is a vibe of like, man, if Tatis was still there, maybe they can make a little bit of a run. That's possible. But unfortunately, they are cursed by geography for all of your Royals listeners and whatnot. Just talk about the, the Giants, but you've got the Dodgers in there, the evil empire of baseball, as far as I'm concerned, um, scooping up players left and right. Because in fairness, there are all the teams out there that don't want to spend. So I'm looking at you, Milwaukee. Milwaukee Brewers, by the way, are my my hate team this year. Uh, it's it's Yeah, it's my team that I absolutely loathe. You guys have Rowdy Tellez at first base. You have the best rotation you've had. You haven't been to a World Series since the late 80s. Freddie Freeman's right there. Why don't I at least hear rumors of you guys being interested? Those are the teams I get. And to be mad fair at. to the Rays, they were rumored to be interested in Freddie yeah, Freeman. At least, at least the Rays like maybe inquired, right? But with the Brewers, it's like so you don't even have the excuse of making it to a World Series to be like, well, we were close. No, you know, you got bounced in like two seconds in the first series that you played last year, and then you're like, oh, we'll sign Andrew McCutcheon and bring in Hunter Renfro. That'll do. Why weren't this was such a stacked free agent class? So you're allowed to hate the Dodgers for what they do, but also the Dodgers build a good farm, and also yeah, I they don't only know get all these guys the so Dodgers. easily. Hmm? I, I think that Padres fans can eat the Dodgers because it's a division rival. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know how much baseball fans can eat the Dodgers. I mean, they haven't really bought anybody except for Freeman. It's Freeman. Who else and... have they bought on their team? 
they pro- they probably knowing that they could probably buy Trey Turner is why they made that trade and let Corey Seager go. You have Mookie Betts, right? You still have some guys on there, but it is true that hey, well, hey guys, be mad at Milwaukee, be mad at St. Louis, be mad at Miami, be mad at American League League teams too. Be mad at those teams that have positional needs and definitely can spend more than 110 million for an extra really good player. Right, Milwaukee could have done that. There, I think they're on like 130 right now. You're telling me it's going to kill them if they go up to 140 or something like that because they know that they have a really great team right now. Give me a break. Pittsburgh, I get it. They're rebuilding. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys are rebuilding. I get why you're saying let's not super invest right now. Milwaukee Brewers, a team that I hate. But to to answer your question, all about, I think they can be a really fun wild card team. They do have a sleeper buzz to them, and their rotation is crazy. Uh, they're probably going to go to a six man rotation at some point. And even if it doesn't work, Preller is fascinating. And I could see a really hyper retool. Say they're bad. Sean Manaya, Joe Musgrove, and Mike Clevenger are all free agents after this year. If they're good, which I think that they're going to be, there is a scenario in which the Padres have a really quick fire sale and turn this thing around for next year and are back into it. And I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of moves for the Padres right now, especially with how good that they've done. They're flexible. They're in a really good spot. Yeah, they're in a pretty good spot, assuming everything goes right. They've been rumored to be shopping around Denelson Lamette, which I think is going to happen. And I think teams really desire him because he could be a really good uh, pitcher. He's also just 29 years old. So we're going to see how that all pans out. I don't think they're going to trade from their farm, but I don't know, man. I think that they're a solid team. But it is true that the rivalry, the, oh, my God, this is Yankees-Red Sox from the early 2000s, the blockbuster, right? That hype is a little bit gone as of now. I'm not Clevenger tomorrow. Going up against his former team, the Guardians. I know. I know. Clevenger, by the time everybody's listening or watching this, starting, should be starting. And then the day after is Mackenzie Gore. So big starts. Gore's start could determine whether or not he stays in the rotation or gets sent back to the minors. So that's uh, really interesting. Yeah, Mike Clevenger, a guy that people have kind of forgot about. He was really good when healthy. The Dodgers fans certainly did. Oh, we swept you. All right, cool, dude. We lost our top two starters right when the playoffs started. Uh, a a thing nobody likes to talk about, by the way. No one brings it up. You lost you lost Lamette and Clevenger in a, in a, in a uh, what is it best of five series. It's a big deal. All right, how about we take away Kershaw and Bueller from you guys? All right, oh oh oh, and then they would start complaining and all that, right? It's like that. That is a fair thing to bring up. Like, how often does that happen? It happened with like Cleveland back in like 2015. They lost like Salazar and Carrasco like two days before the playoffs started, but. Anyway, I digress. Any final questions, Ryan? Well, my last question is... <laughs> oh, boy. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? I always say the pizza because I'm an everyman, and I like food that everybody can enjoy and afford. Javi, who watches niche anime all night, is an everyman. <laughs> well no no it's not niche how dare you one piece is like one of the biggest 15 properties in the world that's not niche how dare you but uh yeah i say pizza every time because cheap affordable you can get it anywhere well basically anywhere and i'm not someone who's going to be like oh i like a well-done steak that you pay 75 dollars for at your local you know whatever diner I'm like no not everybody does that guess what the everyman that's what i am pizza baby did you ever watch Seinfeld, by the way? 
Yes, I'm on season three. I've been taking a little bit of a break, but I'm, or I think I finished season three, my mistake. I finished season three. Um, really enjoyed the George accidentally aligning himself with an, an alt far right leader uh, because he wanted to get into a limousine. <laughs> yeah, I really that enjoyed was, that. That was an interesting one. That was hilarious. Um, guys, basically with all that though, that was a great final question from mine. And on that note, I hope everybody, you enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy, hopefully, a great Mike Clevenger start. Enjoy Bobby Witt continuing his hitting streak. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but the Locked On Royals podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, including YouTube. You can see Ryland's illustrious mane of hair, dare I say. Just a mane of hair. You can find Locked On Royals on YouTube, Locked On Padres on YouTube as well. Follow around on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Myself at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful, homies. And stay royally great, my my really uh, ravenous royal fan. I don't know. Really I tried my best, man. Let's go. <laughs> Take care, everybody.